Amen. That's wonderful. Have you been blessed today? Amen. Take your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Psalm. Psalm chapter number 100, one of the most familiar psalm in all the Bible. And uh, Psalm 100. And uh, today, of course, um, as we've been doing since the first Sunday in November, uh, it's all about Thanksgiving. It's all about uh, giving thanks to God for what he's done for us and celebrating um, the goodness of God. And today, um, just, for, <clears throat> excuse me, just for a few moments, uh, I want to share with you uh, out of the book of Psalm chapter 100 uh, on the subject of approaching God thankfully. Approaching God thankfully. And we've, we've, we've dealt with a lot of subjects through the month of November and uh, dealing with uh, actually being able to praise God, just being able to say thank you to him was the first Sunday. And then on Veterans Day, uh, we talked about when it takes faith to give thanks. And then last week as we uh, had our Thanksgiving feast at our church and uh, eight of our people uh, get, got up and gave testimony as to uh, how God has been good in their life and, and they just expressed their thankfulness. And then today... As we approach this week of Thanksgiving on Thursday, uh, I want to just talk to you about just approaching God in the right way, approaching God in a thankful way. I heard a story about two men who were out hunting, and uh, as they were out hunting, they, they, they strayed off of the beaten path because they thought they'd heard something that they were after, and uh, so they started down this path, and and uh, through a bunch of trees and a bunch of briars and different things, uh, searching uh, for, the, for the prize. Well, about that time, there was a bear, and this bear was huge. One man looked at the other man and said, what are we going to do now? He said, I don't know about you, but I'm going to run. The other guy said, well, I bet I can run faster than you. He goes, what does that matter? He said, because all I got to do is outrun you. It's rolling. It takes a moment, I know. It's all right. So then they both looked at each other as they're running, and they said, I don't think we're going to beat the bear. He is approaching quickly. One man said to the other man, you should pray. And he said, I don't know how to pray. I've never prayed out loud before. He said, well, you got to do something. you got to pray. He said, well, I'll just pray like my daddy always prayed. He said, okay. And he stopped in his tracks, and he said, dear Lord, thank you for what we're about to receive. So how do you approach God? How do you approach him in a thankful way? And uh, this morning, I promise you, I'm not going to be long, but I just want to share with you because I believe with all my heart that as Christians today and as people that, that are, are thankful for the things that they have, that we need to learn how to approach God in a thankful way. We have sometimes this idea of God that he's unapproach, unapproachable and that, that he's bigger and, and he's awe and, and there's no way that we can approach him in a way that we ought to. But I would dare say to you that that's not what God wants us to think about him. Sure, certainly, we need to be respectful and certainly we need to fear the Lord. But at the same time, our God is very approachable. Most people develop a real fervent prayer life in the time of emergency. But today, we are going to see a great missing element in the way most people approach God. And I'm speaking of the element of thanksgiving. It is very important for the Christian to know and to understand that our Heavenly Father hears our request. He does hear us. But He desires our thanks. He hears our request. 
but he desires our thanks. You know, we, uh, if you've raised children at all, if you're in the midst of raising children, we all do the same thing. You know, somebody comes up to your child and they give them something. What do you say to that child? You say to them, now what do you say? And they'll go, oh, thank you. Right? And we try to teach them to be thankful. But it's amazing how the older that we get in our life and the more mature that we become, the harder it is to say thank you. The more difficult it is for us to be thankful for the things that we've received. You know, instead of when the waiter or the waitress brings us our food and sets it down, instead of saying thank you, we're saying what's wrong. We're not being thankful for what God has given to us. And it's the same way when it comes to God. When we begin to approach God in a different way, I think in many cases, and please don't get mad at me this morning, but I, I just, I'm very passionate about this this morning. I think sometimes, uh, just as it is in a child's life, the child hits teenage years. Amen. And it's like the switch turns off. You know, everything that you've taught them, the light goes out, and they don't know how to change the light bulb. <laughs> and so it's just the same way, you know, the, they become, as a teenager, they begin to emulate their parents even more than they had as they were children. And we wonder, why is my child not thankful? Why is my teenager not saying thank you anymore? Why are they, listen to me, why are they expecting it from me now? Why has it become an expectation instead of a request? And then when the request is granted, why aren't they thankful? And I think many times in our Christian life it's the same way. That we have come to expect things from God. We've come to say, well, God, you know, you, you said you would do it, so you better do it. Instead of saying, God, I'm so thankful today that I have breath to breathe, that I have air to breathe, that I have clothes to put on, that I have a pillow to put my head on, that I have a home that I can call home, that, that I'm not out in the streets and, and, and you put food on the table and you've just applied over and over again. We should be people that not only give requests, but give thanks. Because the Father desires that. The Father desires it. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6. The Bible says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? With thanksgiving. And then he says, let your requests be made known unto God. Brag on him. Be thankful for what he's doing in your life. As a matter of fact, when you look at biblical history, you will notice that the Israelites were instructed to remember the feast of thanksgiving. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter number 7, and this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings, which he shall offer unto the Lord. If he offer it for a thanksgiving, then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes mingled with oil, and unleavened uh, wafers anointed with oil, and cakes mingled with oil, and fine flour fried. That sounds like a good Baptist meal right there. Besides the cakes, he shall offer for his offering leavened bread with the sacrifice of what? thanksgiving of his what peace offerings when we begin to be thankful when we begin to understand thanksgiving in a way of approaching God it brings peace it brings offerings it brings giving and of it he shall offer one out of the whole oblation for a heave offering unto the Lord. And it shall be the priest that sprinkled the blood of the peace offerings. And the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving shall be eaten the same day that is offered. He shall not leave any until the morning. There was a requirement 
for thanksgiving sacrifices. And it's a requirement as a Christian that we are people of thanksgiving. As people of God, it's vitally important that we do not allow ourselves to become victims in this life, but rather that we realize that we are victors. Because, see, victims are unthankful. People that are victims are unthankful. But we are not victims. We are victors in Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Psalm 95, 2, let us come before his presence with what? And then look what it says. And make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. If you have your Bibles, if you're standing with me, the book of Psalm chapter number 100, many of you probably, three-fourths of you could quote this by heart. But I just want to share with you a couple of thoughts this morning, and I promise you uh, we'll be done. Psalm chapter 100, verse number 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Yet know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And into his courts with what? Praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why should we do all that? For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. Not only is he good... His mercy is what? Everlasting. And his truth endureth how long? All generations. For the Lord is good. He's good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. Our Father in heaven, Lord, I pray that you'll bless the reading of your word. I pray that you'll bless the few moments that we have together. May we be encouraged today. May we be people of thanksgiving. May we be people that lift you up on high And give you praise for everything in our lives. Lord, today we want to be able to approach you in a way that you understand how grateful and thankful that we are for all the the blessings and all the gifts and everything that you've done in our lives. Beginning with Calvary. Beginning with your son. And Lord, ending in eternity. And so Lord, I just uh, pray that we will have a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of praise towards you today. Lord, we love you. But most of all, we thank you for loving us. For it's in your precious and holy son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. If you're in the habit of taking notes, on the back of your bulletin, there's an outline, and uh, it'll be up here on the screen if you wish to take notes or to follow along. Number one, giving thanks reflects an inner attitude. Giving thanks is a reflection of what's going on inside of you. Psalm 100 and verse number one, the Bible says it this way, uh, uh, make a joyful noise unto the Lord All ye lands. Giving thanks reflects an inner attitude in our life. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance. It turns chaos to order. It turns confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, or a stranger into a friend. That's what gratitude does. When we realize that we begin to see our lives as God sees our lives and the fact that we should be thankful for everything that we have. Everything that we have. I'm afraid in America we become so accustomed to things and so accustomed to life that we really do not understand what gratitude really is. We don't really understand what it means to be thankful for the things that we have. 
Most of you uh, are planning some kind of event on Thursday, and there'll probably be a couple of birds that will be present. If you're at my house, the bird would not be turkey, it would be chicken. Oh, good. Um, or uh, it could be another animal. Yeah, there we go. Um, but, you know, you're going to sit down to a meal. And you're going to enjoy some sweet potato casserole. And you're going to enjoy some corn casserole. And you're going to enjoy some yeast rolls. What time is it? Um, you're going to enjoy all those things. Let me ask you a question. Seriously, honestly. We sit down and we begin to partake of all these blessings. And we bow our heads and we close our eyes. At least I hope you do. And we begin to give thanks. Here's the question. Are they just words? Is it just words? Or is it a true matter of life and thought? That my life may not have turned out this way without God. Because I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, we would not be where we are without God. There are families around Carrollton that do not have the things that you and I have. They are not blessed. As we are blessed. And many of you would say, well, pastor, they've chosen that life. Or or that life is what they've been involved with. Listen, not all of them have chosen that. We need to stop and say, you know what? I am going to literally take the key of gratitude and allow it to unlock my life. And that not only will I have life, but I'll have it more abundantly. Because now I'm seeing my life through God. I'm seeing that because of what God has done in my life, that now I can turn what I have into enough and I don't need more. I I can take my denial and turn it into acceptance that God loves me and that people should love me just the way I am. The chaos that's in my life. I can put it now in order. My confusion can now be clarity. My meal can be a feast. My house can be a home. And a stranger can be a friend. Not because of me, but because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of what he's done in my life. Our lives are all a perspective and a perception of our focus. Some people are always complaining because roses have thorns. However, shouldn't we be grateful that thorns have roses? It's all in perspective. It's all on how we focus on things. It's all in our perception. But array, thankful people are joyful. Thankful people are joyful people. They are joyful people. Joy is the outgrowth of a thankful heart. When you are thankful and not dreadful, you will be happy instead of hurting. When when, when we're thankful inside, it's just going to radiate on the outside because the thankfulness produces joy. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a mopey Christian. I want to be a joyful Christian. I want people to look at me and go, man, he's crazy. And I'll say, yes, I am because of the joy of the Lord in my heart. Because the thankfulness that I have for what God has done in my life, it exudes on the outside of me. 
I want to be thankful and not dreadful. I want to be happy and not hurting. You say, Pastor, you don't know my circumstances. You're right. I may not know your circumstances, but one thing I do know is that Jesus Christ knows your circumstances. He knows right where you are. And he can take your circumstances and whatever that you're going through and turn them around. I've said it many times from this pulpit and I'm going to say it again. we got to stop living under our circumstances. God does not want us to live under our circumstances. He wants us to live above our circumstances. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. I love the song. When upon life's billows you are tempest tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings. And then I love it. He just doesn't say count your many blessings. He says name them one by one. And then the author says this, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Now, I'm going to tell you something about your pastor that I may not have told you before. I don't like surprises. I don't like surprise birthday parties. I like giving them. But I don't like to be on the other end of them. Now you say, Pastor, well, that's no fun. Yeah, well, I've been scared one too many times at surprise birthday parties. How many of you have ever had a surprise birthday party that you did not know about, that you honestly did not know about? Okay, a couple of you. I had one of those. I walked into my bedroom to put my book bag down from school at 16 years of age. And I went to put my book bag down, and on the other end of that, putting my book bag down, somebody grabbed it. And when they grabbed it, I went, what? And the light came on, and everybody went, surprise! Now, after they got me up off the floor, it was fun. There was lots of good presents and all that fun stuff, you know. I was surprised. Can I tell you something today? When you begin to count the blessings that God has given to you in your life, and you name them one by one, it will begin to surprise you what the Lord has really done in your life. Because I'm telling you this morning, God is blessing us and blessing us and blessing us without us even realizing it. Not only that, thankful people are serving people. You say, Pastor, I knew you were going to get there. Thankful people are serving people. They love to serve. When, when, when people are thankful for what God has done in their life, they want to take that thankfulness and they want to pour it into somebody else. They want to serve. If you are truly worshiping with thankfulness, you will serve with gladness. A servant's heart is the result of a thankful heart. Last week... We had our Thanksgiving meal, and uh, when we got to the conclusion of it, I mentioned to you that there was a family in our church that had a need, and uh, I didn't go into a lot of details, I just said there was a need, and we put a couple of baskets out, and you walked by, and you started filling those baskets up, saying, let's fill the need. This week, my wife had the opportunity to go with this family and go shopping, And get the necessities for this family. And I'll never forget, I was was here busy working and my wife texted me. She said, I'm on my way back to the church. And I said, okay. So she came in. I was in my office. She sat down. 
And she looked at me, and tears just started rolling down her face. She said, Lee, we have no idea how truly blessed we are. And can I tell you something this morning? When we begin to realize what God has done in our lives, we will serve with gladness. Because I'm telling you what, there was no greater joy. And, and really, I just had a small part in it. But for my wife and for others that were involved in it, to be able to just go and say, let's fill the need. And can I tell you, that's the result of thankfulness. If I could stand all of them up here this morning, but I would never do that. But if I could, I'm telling you, they would tell you how grateful and thankful they are. All because you served. Serve the Lord with gladness. Tim Tebow said this, I'm just thankful for everything, all the blessings in my life. Trying to stay that way. I think that's the best way to start your day and finish your day. It keeps everything in perspective. And I think that's a perfect thought pattern. It's the way that we begin our day, the way that we end our day, and everything in between. It just keeps everything in perspective. Thankful people sing his praises. That's letter C. Thankful people sing his praises. Do not be ashamed or afraid to sing his praises. He's not interested in perfect tone or accurate key selection. He's interested in our praise. I, I, you know, I can't sing. I wish I could, but I can't. My wife's shaking her head like this. Yes, that's true, honey. Uh, I can't sing. I often tell people, they say, do you sing? I say, yeah. They say, what key do you sing in? I sing in the key of off. Because I couldn't hit it if I wanted to. But this is one thing I know. By the time it reaches heaven, Right? It's perfect pitch, that's right, it's great. The Lord knows how he created me, right? I'm, listen to me, church, listen to me. I, 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 I want you to really get this. When we come to church and, and, and Pastor Parker gets up there and he says, good morning, and he's got that wonderful smile on his face and he's all happy. And then he says, let's sing. And you stand there. Well, that's nice, Pastor Parker. You sound real good this morning. That praise team, they sound great. And you just stand there and you don't sing. Can I tell you something? You're missing out on half the service. You're missing out on half the worship. You say, Pastor, there's people around me. I know. It's okay. You guys will make good harmony all together. Listen, God wants our praise. Listen to me. God wants us to participate in worship. This is not about, I'm coming to church, here I am, bless me. And walking out and giving me a grade. Well, today was a C. He didn't quite do it all the way, but he got close to blessing me. No, it's not up to me to bless you. It's not up to your mom or dad or your husband or wife or Pastor Parker or this praise team or this choir. It's up to you. 
Listen, lift your voices, sing with praise. Because I'm going to tell you something. When we get to heaven, God's going to give me a perfect voice and you're not going to be able to stop me. We're going to be singing. It's going to be good. It's going to be wonderful. There's the old hymn that says, Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Calls for songs of loudest praise. Listen, that's what God desires. So I gotta hurry. Giving thanks represents acknowledgement of God's sovereignty. It acknowledges, it represents the acknowledgement of God's sovereignty that we believe who he says he is. Look at verse number three in Psalm 100. The Bible says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. He is a sovereign God. Author Pink said it this way, instead of a river, God often gives us a brook which may be running today and dried up tomorrow. Why? To teach us not to rest in our blessings, but in the blessings himself. Boy, I think that's a great thought. Not to rest in our blessings, but rest in the one who gives the blessings. Letter A, know you that the Lord is God. Know you that the Lord is God. If you haven't gotten anything out of my message and you plan on turning me off after this, please get this. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? This is intellectual worship. This is intellectual worship. Many never acknowledge the true and living God. You must acknowledge that God is who he says he is, not just for our salvation, but also for our sanctification. God is who he is. We must realize that. It is intelligent worship. It's saying that I understand and that I I believe that God is who he says he is and that he is the one true living God. Jeremiah chapter 9 says, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glory glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord. This is my wife's favorite uh, word in all the Bible, which exercise loving kindness. Loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Do you know God? If you do, then you approach him with thanksgiving. He wants you to have an intimate relationship with him and know him and be near to him. And that begins with thanksgiving. Let her be. Acknowledge that he is our creator. Acknowledge that he is our creator. He is the creator and sustainer of all. We need to acknowledge him in private and in public. Such as praying for a meal, as Jesus did when he fed the 5,000. You say, Pastor, is there, is there biblical evidence of praying in public for our food? Absolutely. The Bible says in John chapter 6 and verse number 11, And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks. He fed the 5,000, but before he could feed them, what did he have to do? He had to bless it. He had to pray for it. And then he distributed it to his disciples, the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. Listen, it's an external recognition of who God is. We need to realize how important it is to give thanks to God and praise him 
not only in our private devotion life, but also in our public life. Because the truth of the matter is, is that people are watching. People are watching. And we have the responsibility to give praise to God no matter where we're at in our life. However, a public acknowledgement is just the beginning of a relationship. It's in those moments when you're alone with Christ that sink the relationship that you have with him. And let us see, we are his people. We are his people. We are his. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. We are his people who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us unto the kingdom of his dear son, verse number 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness, even the forgiveness of sins. Listen, today, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you are his. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, he wants you to be his. It's a matter of giving your life over to him. Because of what Christ has done for us on Calvary, we are his people. And may we never forget that is a privilege and not a requirement. It is a privilege and not a requirement. Letter three, and I'm done. Giving thanks releases action in our worship. Giving thanks releases action in our worship. Verse number four, the Bible says this. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. So first of all, we are to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We are to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Old Testament sacrifices and offerings have ended, but offerings of gratitude will never end. So as long as we are receiver of his mercies, we should be givers of thanks. We should be givers of thanks. Thanks always involves giving. Did you see that? You know that word thanksgiving? It's two words. Thanks always involves giving. So how do we give? First of all, we give praise. It's an inner moment. You know, this morning as we were singing this morning and I saw many of you lifting your hands and you were praising. Many of you were having your own moment there in your chair and in your seat and you were just giving praise to God. That's an inner moment. And then there's singing. That's an outer moment, which we've done this morning as well. It's an outer moment. It's saying, here God, I'm singing your praises to you. And then, of course, there's giving of your substance, and that's an involvement moment. That's when we take it from the inward to the outward to saying, I'm going to be involved in it. It's giving of our substance. Let her be, and I'm done. Be thankful unto him. Just be thankful. Many years ago, as the story is told, a devout king was disturbed by the ingratitude of his royal court. This is a great thought. He prepared a large banquet for them. When the king and his royal guests were seated by prearrangement, a beggar shuffled into the hall, sat down at the king's table, and gorged himself with food. Without saying a word, he got up and left the room. The guests were furious, and they asked permission to seize the tramp and tear him from limb to limb for his ingratitude. The king replied this, He said, the beggar has done only once to an earthly king what each of you does three times each day to God. You sit there at the table and eat until you're satisfied. And then you walk away without recognizing God or expressing one word.
thanks to him. I could ask you this morning this question. Do you approach God with thankfulness or do you only approach God in a time of need? Listen, you've heard many secular bosses and people say, you've probably even heard me say it on occasion, it's an, we have an open door policy. You just come, if you need something, we'll help you in any way that we can. You pick up the phone and call me, we'll be there to help you. We have an open door policy. Can I tell you something? God has an open throne policy. He says this, come as you are. And then he says, come all you that are weary and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. He says, come. Revelation chapter number 22, he gives the very last invitation. He says this, come all who thirst. Could I tell you today that the Lord just wants you to come. He just wants you to say, here I am, God. This is what you've created. And now I'm giving you what you have created back to you. And Lord, I'm thankful today. And I want to approach you every day of my life in a way that is filled with gratitude and praise. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?